Welcome back to Part of the Paranormal. I'm using my Can Crusher's voice for this one because that's just the way it is. He is the spark of Part of the Paranormal, the firework, if you will, Mr. Jason Tyler. Jason, how are you today? Well, I don't know, Mark. You triggered me because you said the spark and, you know, spark means fire and I'm a fireman, so now I'm triggered and I might, I just might get off this call now. What? No, don't get off this call. You can cover Hotel Barclay by yourself. This one is fucked up. By the way, prior to getting to Hotel Barclay, we hope everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. I hope everybody has an amazing Independence Day uh, tomorrow as you're listening to this or or you did or whatever. But, you know, hope everybody had a safe and healthy and everybody's got their fingers and toes and stuff left. I hope everyone got fucked up on alcohol and did some stupid shit, because that's what I do. One time, when I was younger... Band camp. And uh, one of the, there was a girl there, and they were trying to, like... I was trying to impress them. My dumbass fucking brother was like, we should light a firework off of you. And, of course, there's women there, thought and logic go out the fucking window, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Well, the firework fucking fell on top of my shirt, caught my shirt on fire, caught me on fire. So then I ended up like third degree burns on my back. Have you ever but played anyway, Have you ever played baseball with a Roman candle though? No. That's fine. We don't condone it. We're not condoning any of this. Do as we say, not as we do. But yeah, try hitting fireworks out of a Roman candle sometime. This is something that you would do. It really is. I'll uh, I'll uh, try that on Tuesday. There you go. There I'll be in a I'll be in a big field. <laughs> that's uh, not a good idea. Not that you should do it anywhere, but don't do it in a cornfield. My new my new fucking rivalry life in general is Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Smokey the Bear can suck my fucking dick because I'm gonna light this whole fucking place on fire. Canada, if you thought you had it bad, you wait till you get into Pennsylvania because we're going to have new, forest fires. You got a new menace, and his name's Tyler. Well, this went off track because I said spark. I'm glad I used that. Noteworthy note for myself. Don't use that at all. Ever again. Don't even get me started on the other word that the other thing that spark reminds me of. So we're just going to get to Hotel Barclay. This is fucked up, by the way. Very fucked up. Uh, like you heard of the Cecil Hotel. That was pretty bad. And people were kind of underplaying this. When I, when I was reading it, people were like, oh, this is not as bad as the Cecil Hotel. I think it's worse. 
Like, I really do. You had serial killers there. You had millions, not millions, but suicides, hundreds of deaths, serial killer, just what? Yeah, so Hotel Cecil, for people who don't know, is located, like, I believe it's a couple blocks down the road Mm -hmm. from Hotel Barclay, and it's kind of like the, I think they even called it, this is the first note I have. Hotel Barclay is located in Los Angeles, California, in the Skid Row District, and is the older wicked brother of the Hotel Cecil. The Hotel Cecil, if I remember correctly, because I didn't really do any research on Hotel Cecil, because that's not what we're talking about today. Right. uh, Is where that lady was in the elevator, and then there's, like, footage of her in the elevator, like, looking all around, and then she disappeared and ended up in the water tub on the ceiling of the hotel. Correct. Yeah, that that's a, there's a documentary or pseudo documentary, whatever on Netflix that you can watch. So yes, we will cover hotel Cecil here shortly, just because we covered this. So stay tuned, stay tuned. Yeah. But today it's Barclay. Yeah. Yeah. So hotel Barclay, uh, Originally, it was called the Van Nuys. The hotel was built in 1896 and catered to the rich and wealthy. So, kind of like, hotels were kind of like the bougie shit to do back in the day. Like, if you remember Tombstone, all the wealthy people would go to a certain one. Uh, Just like, I guess, and it makes sense, the richy rich people who could afford to stay at a hotel because they were traveling or moving or something hotels always catered to them so it was always super 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 nice there was like no like i'm sure there was dumps but like yeah there weren't motel sixes back then yeah like today's dumps like hotel barclay they used to be good shit and then they turned to just out of decay and like being left alone for years they turn into the dumps that we see today where crackheads and homeless people shack off at they they turn but, out to be more of a money grab because I know I knew we were gonna bring this up about how hotels have kind of went down the shithole. My aunt goes to Atlantic City a lot. She went to Atlantic City years ago when it was like the up and coming thing, and she went back a little bit ago. And she's like, it's just going downhill. Well, she just returned probably like two weeks ago, and she's like, it is just decimated from what it's been twenty years ago. And it's not like they don't get the money because it's still a money grab with all the casinos and everything there. They're just putting the money in the pocket and not doing any upkeep. Yeah, because one of the places I've gone on vacation with, with Chess Flexer, on one of our trips was Atlantic City. And uh, it was my first time there, and it was like, it was like, the beaches are nice. The beach, like the beach area. Right. Right sand and all that is so because i've only been to like a couple beaches of my life ocean city maryland and atlantic city atlantic city has a really nice beach like it's like silver sand super super nice the actual city itself is shit yeah uh now ocean city on the other hand opposite way beach isn't bad the beach is nice boardwalks better than atlantic city but uh like they have the the bay area and then you go across the bay and there's all the outlets and stuff like that so it's like yeah i get what you mean by atlantic beat atlantic city being shitty so yeah i can concur 
there you go. First-hand experience. Mine was only second-hand. This is first-hand experience. Atlantic City is a pile of shit now. Yeah. I remember chest flexor. It was back when I was still like 360 pounds. And I was a fat fuck. Uh, I, I had a Cactus Jack t-shirt. It was like 4XL. And flexor, they, were, they had this like Miss Beauty pageant shit. It's there, probably Miss had, America back then. It was always there. Yeah, and they had like a tiara with a statue that you could stand under and get your picture. And Flexor was like, go get your picture under that. I'm like, no. He's like, come on, get your picture under it. Blah, 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 blah. And he like threatened me like to do something or like scream or say that I was assaulting him. I'm like, fine. So I went and begrudgingly got my picture taken under the tiara. That that photo's floating somewhere around here. I'm oh, my pack- God. Chest, if you're listening to this, please post this on the on the website so everybody can see that. Please, I'm begging you. I'll reach out to him as soon as we get done recording now. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, but, yeah. So, Atlantic City sucks. Back to the West Coast where we're talking about uh, Hotel Barclay. So, there are 13 confirmed deaths at the hotel and a bunch of suicide attempts and many tragic events. James Bartlett says a guy left a suicide note for his divorcing wife saying, I hope you think of me every day roasting in hell because of what you've done. He killed himself with cyanide. Let's just take a second and let that one soak in. Let's throw a rest hold on real quick and let that breathe. I hope you think of me every day roasting in hell because of what you've done. This guy has the most fucking savage suicide note of all time. Right? (laughs) I popped. Peace. Like, no, it, sucked, it sucked he offed himself but like he went out with a blaze of glory making his divorced wife feel like shit yeah i was like damn he he took it to the next level and i'm like holy shit because i read that too that's in my notes and i'm like this guy just shit on everybody he knew more focused towards his divorced wife but yeah like this was just like Everybody, you know how you say when you want to be buried upside down so everybody can kiss your ass the rest of eternity? This guy yeah. did it. He essentially yeah. did it. For sure. It was. It popped me hard. And when I say popped for the people who don't understand wrestling the term, it means it made me fucking just burst. with. I don't know if it's joy or shock or fucking what it is. So... In 1944, Stephen Otto Wilson was discharged from the Army for weird sexual practices. Uh, I'm sure there's a joke I can make there. So much bad around this fucking place. You can, but uh, I'm stepping away from this joke. Go ahead. No, I, I don't want to get canceled. Okay. Uh, he picked up Virgie Lee Griffin and then attacked her and dismembered her. He cut her from open... He cut her open from top to bottom. He went all sliced bread on this bitch. Like, hot dog bun on this bitch. Top to bottom. He then went out and picked up another woman and killed her too. So, this guy was a little... Like, we just talked about, what was it? The Black Dahlia, where he slit her in half in the torso and then cut her... In pieces, yeah. Yeah. And then this guy went vertical, I assume, by the way they described it, from head to... I guess her privates cut her right in half. Um, of everything we say on here, you didn't want to say anything like that, so you said privates. That's well, the shock of the week. 
I'm talking about a dead woman. I'm trying to be respectful here. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not that. I'm really fucked up. I'm just not that fucked up. At least on air. So, um, this there was also another serial killer out there called the Skid Row Slasher. And he killed 11 victims. Uh, nine in eight weeks. And the seventh victim was found at the Barclay. The victim was found around... Uh, with salt around him and his shoes pointing towards him. Uh, so it was staged. Like uh, clearly. His shoe, like his shoes didn't fall off and land like that. Someone killed him, took his shoes off, pointed them towards him, put salt around him. Probably more real, uh, like uh, ritualistic. So that could also be the reason for all the bad shit going on at the Hotel Barclay. I was going to ask you if you looked into that. I didn't do any of that. Why Why the salt was poured around it, what ritual it was, or anything like that. Well, salt is originally, from what I remember, salt is like a pure thing that can repel them. So I don't know why, at least that's what I remember. I'm not 100% sure. We can put a fork in that one and come back in about an hour when we we record the next episode. This is me breaking down the fourth wall because we're doing it in batches. But, uh, yeah, I can look that up real quick in between episodes, but yeah, salt, like, uh, I've heard about a bunch of other stuff like pink, like, like dirt shit like that, but a salt circle being poured around him. I'm not entirely sure. And he was found in room 528. And on February 3rd, 1975, Vaughn Orrin Greenwood, was apprehended for the killings. So they found the guy. Uh, I didn't really look too much into Vaughn Greenwood. Um, I don't know if he told people why he did the things he did. I guess that's something we can look up real quick. Uh, Star, who was interviewed by the Ghost Adventures crew, because this is an episode of Ghost Adventure. We should point that out. You can find this at Discovery+. Plus. Uh, we're not getting paid for this, sadly. Uh, Star lived in the hotel in 2017. There were two guys that died while she was there. Rommel, Romel, something of the sort, Star's boyfriend, lived there for 14 years. And Star claims that platters would be thrown off the wall. So there is poltergeist activity going on in this hotel. Um, On March 15th, 1972, there was a fire. uh, Talk about sparks again. uh, Fire on the top floor of the Barclay. Three people died and suspicious fires are common uh, at the Hotel Barclay. Uh, Maybe their rituals gone wrong and the fire gets out of control or someone, maybe someone burns something and just leaves it there and forgets about it. I I have notes on this dude already. So, he ended up killing 11. Number 12 survived. Okay. And all of his you know items left behind and everything because he was into Satanism is blatantly what it says. He drank blood from the victims. He left cups of blood, salt around their corpses. Yeah. He he was just completely into Satanism. Oh, so he was, he was gang girl before gang girl was cool. He was, he definitely was definitely 1975 was his last death. Uh, it doesn't give, you know, because William Graham has survived. It didn't say when, you know, when he was found. But, you know, up until February 
hey, they say vampires don't age. Maybe uh, Gangrel would be Vaughn Greenwood. Maybe. Strong possibility. Even, Strong possibility. I, I've talked to Gangrel. He's definitely not Vaughn Greenwood, but okay. I'm going to ask him that the next time I see him. No, I'm not. Uh, I don't want him to look at me like I'm stupid, even though he probably already thinks that anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, funny side note, I wrestled last night at a dive bar in Morgan and Moundville, PA. You know where that is? I've... A block away from the penitentiary. Oh, but, nice. So you went so there again. I made sure to stop at the penitentiary at 12 o'clock in the morning and just look at it with my friend Gabby. Because <laughs> it was closed, but they were doing like a private tour and she's never been there. So I went there and we got out of the car and I showed her the mound across the street. And we just, because they have all the cool ass lights lighting it up and she has never seen it before. So she saw it last night. Nice. Uh, or yeah. for you guys listening a couple of nights ago. Yeah. So, um, and funny enough, I wrestled uh, the Wayward Sons, Gary and Gavin. And I have a tattoo on my arm from Supernatural that says, Carry on my Wayward Sons. So I got to wrestle my inspirations last night. Nice. And they're elite, by the way, too. That's a deep joke. Yeah. yeah. And that's the funny thing. Gary and Gavin has never heard of like Supernatural or something like that. So they're like, they, they just think I really like the song, but it's a Supernatural tattoo. Um, so three I, I really people, like it because Young Bucks and Kenny Omega brought it back, but that's here you're there. See, yeah. I like so here's the thing about my tattoos. So when I got the Plague Doctor tattoo, Marty Scroll was big. And right after I got the tattoo, I'm doing a show against Sam Adonis, and I walk up to him and he's like, Hey, nice Marty Scroll tattoo. I'm like, it's not a Marty Scroll tattoo, it's a Plague Doctor for Ghost Adventures. Season three, episode two, uh Pavalia Island, Zach Bagans on a boat going towards the island. Like, I didn't want to get Ghost Adventures written on my arm, so I got me something that thinks of Ghost Adventures, which was the Plague Doctor. And he thinks it's a Marty Scroll tattoo. Now, everybody and their fucking brother is going to be like, oh, carry on my wayward son. You must be an elite fan. I'm like, no, fucker. It's a supernatural <laughs> Yep. The only one that's blatantly a Mark tattoo is my Ghost Face tattoo. And that's not even being a Mark for wrestling. That's just being a Mark for Scream. Like, if you want to call me out on that shit, go ahead. But fucking, god damn. I hit a nerve today. First My with a spark. And, yeah, wow. So, speaking of fucking sparks, during the interviews, a fire broke out a block away. And it was a big-ass, fully engulfed structure fire that they showed on Ghost Adventures. So, fire is just the theme of today's episode. I'm getting fired up about it, too. <laughs> you lost me. Go ahead. Okay, so they go into the hotel, and there are angry tenants. Like, why the fuck are these guys all in black here? Uh, in 1897, Charles Gamble... So, they go in, and then they tell more history of the building. And this, if you if you remember, I'm pretty sure I've said on this podcast, I am deathly scared of spiders and elevators. Several times you said elevators. This, this motherfucking elevator has killed, like, two people. So... You'll never catch me dead in this elevator. So in 1897, Charles Gamble was crushed between the elevator and the third floor. Uh, on September 20th, 1901, Joe Cato was not the guy from Imagine, was crushed watching the elevator come up. 
the hotel also can't get in room 320 open even though it's abandoned. So no one's in the room whatsoever. They just can't get the door open for some reason. Which that was like, what? Uh, why wouldn't they cut it or do something they, like that then? Yeah, a dead body on the other side fucking leaning against the door or something. Or there, someone barricaded themselves in and killed themselves. So maybe they should get that checked out. Yeah, Just it, it should. So on the second floor, Billy was getting uh, spikes on the tri-field meter, uh, which is like an EMF detector, but with the with the fucking with the like the hand gimmick that goes up and down, up and down. Uh, I believe so, or maybe they just all went all electrical and they get the fancy shit now. Well, they got TV money; they for sure they have lots it. of TV money now. So both Aaron and Billy both leave, and after being physically affected, Zach did as well. So but Aaron and Billy were both out there, oh, I'm fucked up. I'm leaving. Zach did too. On a time-lapse camera, they leave overnight. They get a dark ball go from the middle of the door frame to the ceiling. So this is actually really cool. I remember it um, just in my head watching it. It was like a black and white because it was a time-lapse camera, and there's like a ball that starts halfway up the door frame and by the time it goes to the next frame it's wider i believe and it's on like top nor the near the ceiling and it shows that like within the seconds that the pictures are taken it's going from a small ball of uh energy and manifesting itself and, and, and it's this- very prominent because yeah. there's times that i miss stuff and i'm like oh what what was Jason talking about, I'll have to go back and watch that episode. Maybe I missed it or this, that, or other. You can't miss this one. You legitimately see it growing. You know, it's not like like mega, like a, a forest fire growing or anything. But it just, it, it grows as it goes up. I'm like, holy shit. So that was, it's very prominent in this yeah. episode. Um, they also caught something in the mirror in the basement. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, unless I just go back and watch the episode. But if you're watching, if you're listening, just go watch the episode and you'll see it. Uh, some random guy also tried to get, so this is what was really creepy as fuck. Uh, cause I messaged you. I'm like, dude, Weeks this ago, yep. chills when I watched it. Like I watched it like late, late, late at night. And if they just have, because they set up cameras, because there's still some people in the hotel, like some, like, not squatters. I'm sure they live there. They pay to live there, but it's, like, really dirt cheap. Well, it's a, it's a low, low-end low housing now. And they're all methods. Yes. Uh, I know. They really, um, yes. Yeah. So some random guy is walking down the hallway trying to get into room 320, and he just couldn't get in because no one can get in for some reason. Um. As they get ready to investigate on the second floor, a motion ball lights up. They have one of those fancy fucking, if you go up and touch it, it'll light up. They also make bears like that for like children's spirits. You can get a teddy bear with one of those like REM pods in it. And if uh, something with electromagnetic uh, energy touches it, it'll light up. They had a ball, a motion ball uh, down there and it was lighting up. And I literally put, I have anxiety just watching this episode. Yes, you did. Like, I don't know why, because I am a very anxious person, but not about ghosts. Ghosts are actually the only thing that I'm completely calm about, which makes me a fucking lunatic, but it just is. Uh, but I'm just like, damn, this is fucking creepy. 
Yeah, once you text that and I finally ended up watching it, I got that point. Because it was just like, that that glow, and I'm like, I see what he's talking about. The glow didn't freak me out. It was that guy trying to get into different rooms, like, overnight. Oh, he's just a weirdo. He was just on drugs. A weirdo. That's one of those guys you just, it's like a vampire, like we were talking about earlier, just flash a light in his eye, and he runs away back to his needle. Uh, So they claim it's cold, it's ice cold on the second floor. And the ball lights up on command again. And on the polter paw, they get need to talk in a female voice. And they get a few more voices, and then it goes, you're right, when saying maybe Virgie isn't there. So they were talking, they were talking, remember, Virgie is the girl who got uh, slashed, sliced and diced. And um, they're like, well, maybe Virgie isn't here. And then it goes, you're right. So very intelligent communication going on between them and the spirits. Uh, in the same room, they got the black orb and the weird voice. Oh, wait. The... Fuck. Okay. In the same room that they got that black orb that manifested over different camera flames, they also get a weird voice over the polter pod. And as they go to leave, a two-by-four falls over and freaks all of them out. Um, you can see it laying on the floor, but uh, there was like the only thing they could come up with is they didn't know how it felt, so it was like unexplained. But I wouldn't say it's one thousand percent has to be something paranormal. Maybe like when they were walking next to it, the vibrations on the floor knocked over. Who the fuck knows? Um, then Aaron says he sees the door moving, and then uh, on the polter pod they get chopped liver. And you're in trouble. And then the chopped uh, liver fucking popped me. I was like, yeah. what? When was the last yeah. time you've, you know, oh, he's chopped liver? You used to say that. Like, at least I did. You know, elementary school, when you said you're going to fight somebody, oh, I'm going to, he's chopped liver. I'm going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not since the 80s. So, okay. Well, li- listen here. We got all this stupid ass slang fucking. In about 75, 80 years when they're doing ghost hunting, they're going to hear fucking the stupidest responses oh, yeah. on the You're orders. Gonna, yeah. like, what we, some sl- we didn't dab back then. or we? <laughs> like, like that shit was fire. They're, they're going to hear that. Like, and it's going to be like the stupidest fucking TV in the whole world. But people are still going to tune in. You know, speaking of tuning in, and I know this is fake as hell, but I'm still going to watch it. Uh, maybe. So I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a reality TV show where there's a bunch of dudes like you always see a bunch of dudes on an island trying to get with all these women. But then like the women turn around and it's their moms. Oh, my God. This just took a turn for the worst. What the fuck are you talking about? There's all these MILFs trying to fuck all the other women's sons on the island. And it's like, this is the weirdest fucking TV in the world because you have those guys who are getting to be friends on the island. Like, yeah, I fucked your mom last night. Yeah, I fucked your mom last night. And then you got the moms gossiping about their, each other's son's penises. Like, this is just going to be ridiculous. It's going to be stupid. So it's like... <laughs> I fucking found it. It's called Milf Manor. Yeah. Jesus Louise... I'm going to pop, if you hear anything, it's something I'm pulling up. Uh, When does this start? 
it already started, actually. Really? Yeah, it started in January, so you're going to have to go back on like Hulu or something and watch this. Oh my god, it's so dumb, but yeah, you know people are going to watch it because... They, clearly happy. you are, because you're fucking telling everybody about it right now, or... Yeah. I was at a party, and I'm like, did you guys hear about this new reality show? And they're like, yeah, is it the MILF stuff? I'm like, yeah, isn't that so stupid? And we just all started talking about it, and I thought I'd just bring it up now. Don't know why, but I just did. Well, you don't have to watch it on Hulu, my friend. It's on Discovery Plus, which you already have. So awesome. everybody that has Discovery Plus can watch MILF Manor. There's one season out right now. When I was younger and I'd watch scary movies, I'd always put like Dora the Explorer on afterwards. That way I wouldn't go to bed so like scared. That's that. If you're scared by the paranormal, just watch an episode of Ghost Adventures before like nighttime before you go to bed and just pop on some MILF Manor and see some weird ass shit and you'll forget all about the Ghost Adventures. Back to Hotel Barclay. Okay. Then they get closet on the Ovulus 5. Right back into it. So Zap gets a figure on the SLS, the structured light sensor camera, in room 320. So I guess they got in. Uh, there was no dead body. Yeah. On the pub- they got in so easily then. Like, I was so pissed. I wanted to see them, like, open the door and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck was holding the door shut? So... On the puck, they get near, and then they get a figure near Billy on the structured light sensor. And the structured light sensor is the thing where you get, like, the skeletal figure, like, with all the lines. But you can get good evidence with that shit because if you're like, hey, like, in this episode, they asked it to touch Billy when it was standing next to him, and it put its arm out to touch Billy. So they're dealing with uh, intelligent spirits. Uh, In the basement, using synthesizers, they were doing some fancy new experiment, Jay was. He asked if they died in the hotel. He gets a yeah. And when Aaron goes to use it, he asked. uh, Okay, so Aaron goes to use it, and then the spirit asks him if he's ready to start using it. And then they get hate him. And then to wrap it up, Zach and Billy get an EVP that says the door's not open when knocking on the door, which I thought was really cool. They were going door to door knocking on it, and it's like, the door's not open. Really, really clear. Good way to end the episode on a high note. Uh, I liked the episode. I literally, like, when I texted you, it was giving me anxiety. That was weeks ago. I didn't finish it until, like, earlier this week. I So I went back and read all my notes so I didn't completely forget everything because newsflash, CTE is real, and 12 concussions after starting wrestling later, I need my notes. So Trust uh, me, I, I I will completely support that from baseball yeah. to football to, yeah, wrestling now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah CTE is so, real. Uh, so, yeah, so this episode... Not the worst episode. I remember recording an episode earlier with you and being like, yeah, I just picked this shit on random, so if it sucks, I don't know. I just try my best. <laughs> but this, no, this was a great This was a great episode, one, because being the younger brother to Cecil, uh, I guess you want to call it or whatever, but it was there's a fucked up story there that it's right down the street from it and you don't know. So once you said you had anxiety... I watch when I know we're recording or at least a couple days prior. That's when I pack everything in so I have, you know, recognition of what you're saying and I'll go back to my notes. So I only watched this a couple days ago as well. But 
this was a good Ghost Adventures, um, what the hell do you call it, episode two to watch, because it did. It, it was, what the fuck's going on? Why can't they get into the door? Oh, the door's opened. But then, as you said, that, that last thing, the door is not open. For me, that's saying that, yeah, a lot of shit happened there, but they're not coming out. They're just, they're going to be in there. They're going to chill. They're, they're kind of creepy, whatever. It's a low-life place to hang out or live because, you know, it's essentially on Skid Row. They're just going to take care of the people from Skid Row, and then someday, maybe this place will be gone. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the episode for you. We went a little all over the map with that one, but from talking about Sparks to whatever we talked about, don't even remember at this point, even though we talked about it 15 minutes ago. Again, my brain's mush. Uh, Yeah, is there anything else you have? Next week we'll be back with Annabelle Comes Home as we continue that series as we're doing on here. And uh, once you get done listening to this, go give Discovery Plus some... uh, some watches and watch MILF Manor. Sit down. Yeah, that's that's a whole weekend. Yeah. Watch MILF Manor. And then let us know what you think. Pardon we'll the review, pair. We'll review that after we're done with the Conjuring series. Episode one, MILF Manor. Pardon the paranormal. Mm-hmm.